This is Resist and Renew. The UK-based podcast about social movements. What we're fighting for, why, and how it all happens. The hosts of the show are... Me, Kat. Uh, me, Sammy. And me, Ali. I'm recording this now, baby. Shit, it's a podcast! <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Welcome back to the Resistor New Podcast. This is another toolbox episode with a focus on conflict. Last episode, we looked at some of the common ideas around conflict, which might be floating around in people's heads and groups, which may not be that helpful as to impacting how we approach conflict. In this episode, we're going to take a look at some ideas around conflict which are often held up as better as uh, more appropriate ideas around conflict uh, particularly in social movement spaces these might be ideas like restorative justice and transformative justice um, but as they're used quite a lot we'd like to take a bit of time to explore what those words mean a bit so yeah gonna get a bit more clear on that um sammy are you up for giving us a bit of a spiel around these frameworks of justice <laughs> yeah, I can I can definitely start with a bit of a spiel. So I think, so I guess a few things to note. So like, yeah, we mentioned terms like transformative justice and restorative justice. I guess like one thing to note is like often these things are brought in as ideas that are a lot broader than things that you'll talk about relating to like conflict and working with conflict and moving through conflict and resolving conflict and all that kind of stuff it's often they're often used in far more broad far more societal ideas of like how justice works rather than like approaches to conflict necessarily but i think there is a lot of commonality between the approaches and like so i think that's what we can flesh out a little bit here is like when we talk about transformative justice what does that mean in practice what does that look like how's that structured and therefore like how is that relevant to conflict is maybe like how we can approach it and to go back to the caveat from episode one like again often these things are used in the context of like often more abuse like uh dynamics would be more like in terms of like negotiating abuse dynamics and things like that and like that's not what we're talking about here today the, the, there's a lot of chat that you can also find and read and listen to about applying these ideas to different areas but that's not what we're talking about now um before we get started um it might be just useful to say that because we're talking about a few different frames and different aspects of those frames just listening along could get quite confusing so we have created a visual resource to go with this it's like a table and it might be helpful while you're listening along just to have a look at that if that's something you're able to do uh, we will mention it again later but yeah just just before we get started might be helpful but yeah back to you sammy to start so i guess to start yeah so people have like there's like a framework that people will use when talking about like different models of justice is often a phrase people will use where people will put three different approaches to justice out there and then use them to talk about different ways that different people approach justice so one of them is transformative justice one of them is restorative justice and then there's a third one which people use a lot of different names for often kind of synonymously which would be like punitive justice or like carceral justice and sometimes there'll be a scare quotes there sometimes people say like carceral injustice or people talk about like retributive justice and things like that um so those are like kind of three three different models of conflict um and i guess a way to kind of 
differentiate those different models of conflict is having a think about like what are the like what are the different strategies that those different types of those different approaches to justice employ to achieve the justice that you're talking about and i guess like maybe starting from like the kind of carceral justice retributive justice punitive justice one because that's like that's the model that's used a lot in the society that we live in like it's what's used in our so-called justice system which involves like courts policing um exclusion from schools all this kind of stuff um like the strategies that are used in those forms of justice are strategies of like retribution of punishment of like someone did a bad thing and so a bad thing should be done to them to like balance the scales type thing so that's like a that's like a uh, an overarching strategy that kind of comes up a lot in punitive justice um, and there's also often something around like um incapacitation incarceration things like that like isolating people who have done harm in some way from the wider collective as like a method of justice and that's like the logic that underpins prisons and also the logic that underpins like school exclusions and a lot of those other forms of like um incapacitation and remove like removing stuff disappearing the problem um basically is one way of thinking about it with 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 um, that with like prisons especially but probably other areas people talk about social death as like the the punishment like mm. the reason prison is so horrible is because you are ripped from your communities and ripped from your families and loved ones and put, put mm. away from them and like those connections have been severed and that's part of part of the punishment i guess yeah yeah i definitely think that's true and like I think there's also a frame that I know like Angela Davis has used before and other people, which is like prisons are like a way of society for disappear to disappear its problems, basically. Like and and in that frame often the problems are like people. It goes back to that like essentialist idea, like there are bad people that do bad things because they're bad people, and so the like the strategy is that we get rid of those bad people and we put them somewhere else. And that's like our solution to the problem. Um So that's like those are the kind of strategies and then like there's a lot of different tactics within that you can talk about like prisons you can talk about like all these different tactics of those approaches to justice um but then maybe thinking about like some of the ones that are often used more positively as terms you've got like restorative justice and transformative justice um there's often like a bit of a crossover in some some of the strategies between restorative and transformative justice some people use them synonymously some people use them to mean different things depending on like what kind of background you come from and like what i guess like what tendency you come from and stuff as to how you use the words but like often in both of those approaches to justice there is at least an intention often in a strategy for prevention so like the aim of um restorative and transformative justice is to try and uh, prevent some kind of harm from happening um and i guess the differences sometimes between restorative and transformative justice is restorative justice often has a strategy around like reparation i guess like trying to in the sense of like trying to repair things that have been broken um so a restore like restorative approaches um if you look at things will which will call themselves like restorative justice projects and things like that then you'll often see things which will be around like um 
like mediation to bring people together and try and like rebuild links that have been broken between them and things like that which that's like a classic like restorative justice type thing um and then you've got maybe how transformative justice can differ from restorative justice is that often like and this isn't like a clear-cut thing but like i i never have a better word for this like so i often rely on the word um like rehabilitation but there's often there's something in that that is around like kind of trying to do something to to change um the situation that people have been in in some way and like that's not really what rehabilitation means but like often those are the kind of words that get deployed to do it um mm -hmm. and i think those are like those are some like broad different ways of thinking about those different models of justice but i guess like probably the thing for conflict that the most useful for reflecting on is thinking about like what are the purposes of those different types of justice because often it's those purposes it's those aims that are what lead people to choose the tactics that they're choosing mm -hmm. within those model like broad models mm -hmm. of justice and like for some stuff it's pretty simple like you can you can describe the purpose in some ways of like uh, punitive justice castral justice things like that is like it's it's a it's a very punishment based purpose and there's many other purposes if you talk to an academic -y person they can give you probably loads more detail around that but like really fundamentally like punishment is a really cool thing in it um when it comes to restorative justice then often like kind of there's a there's a cohesion there's a community cohesion rebuilding things back to the way it was type thing um and then in transformative justice transformative justice in at least one summary of a history came out of resisting that tendency for like we need to get things back to the way they were with a critique of like well what if the way they were before was shit too like and so often there's an element of the purpose of transformative justice being trying to like change the structures of stuff mm -hmm. and often that's around like trying to unlike maybe undoing structural power or like removing structural harms or things like that is often one of the like purposes of transformative approaches to justice so like removing it from just an individual focus i think people will say is like often you're fighting on two fronts when you're doing transformative justice work it's both like focusing on people as individuals and focusing on the structures that they sit within mm -hmm. and like you kind of have to do both of them at once because either one on its own is rarely mm -hmm. enough mm -hmm. to be able to make progress which i guess links back to that chat we were having in the last episode around culture change and all those kind of things that's super helpful like i find that especially that distinction between the kind of the reparation the reparative and the transformation like that i'm finding that really interesting and i guess i'm kind of curious like with the reparations part there's like a desire to go back to the time before it was broken and therefore maybe there's some kind of um indication of what it was like back then or before the harm was met was happening um, and maybe we have information about like what the relationships were like before harm happened. So, you know, if I repair in this way, I can go back to that state. Um, and I guess like apology and acknowledgement might often like sit somewhere within there. But if we're if we're in the like transform the system, transform the way we relate to something else, like not back to something before. What are we trying to transform it to? Like, what is that? look like how how do what what's mm. the desired goal as it were 
Yeah, so I think often, like, and I think the reason that I think we thought it would be helpful to bring this in when talking about conflict, though, like, conflict is not normally where these things are deployed, is because I guess there is there is a shift within, like we mentioned at the start, there's, like, a shift within the movements that we're linked to and the groups that we're part of, where we are seeing a lot more language around in this, like, abolitionist upswing around people being like, oh, yeah, like, we believe in transformative justice, we believe these things, etc. Um and it being not necessarily super clear what people mean by that. And I think how that relates to like dealing with like kind of conflict situations is thinking about like, so it's both the like, maybe like your yeah, classic restorative tactics of like having some kind of like facilitated conversation between some people that are in, um, in disagreement, there's like tension between them. Like the, the, the definition we gave at the top of the series, like disagreement, difference, or argument between people, um, as what conflict means. Like, so like some kind of facilitated conversation between those people could be a thing, but then there's also making sure that then you're making space of like, well, what are the, what are the structures that we have within the space, within this group, within this culture that led to this conflict playing out the way that it did? And what could we do about that to try and like prevent something like this happening again? and to try and move us closer to the, the group you want to see and the world you want to see. And I guess that's where it comes into things like going back to a previous example, like if the reason that people are beefing in a meeting is because they both want to discuss something and there's not enough time on the agenda, like th there is a, the way that like you both seem to be struggling with this specific interaction. And so like, let's spend time on that and let's try and support you both through it. And there's a like, why is it the case that we don't have time to talk about things that people think are important? Like, what is it that we're, ha is this a problem with prioritization? Is this a problem of expectations? Is this like, um, is this a problem of resource within the group? And so like trying to zoom out and be like, what, what are the, what are the kind of more structural impact, like structural drivers that led to this situation? Mm -hmm. And let's make sure we also focus on them. So it's not like these people beefed in a meeting because they fundamentally don't like each other. And instead it's like, we created a situation where people did things and it helps. I think the reason that it's often linked to transformative justice is not just because you're trying to transform the systems, but also because what you're trying to do is you're then de-individualizing the problem and been like it's not because you're broken that you had this disagreement it's not because you're bad it's not because you're wrong it's because we've created a culture between us in terms of our interactions that have that have made that a, a reasonable path for you to take and that's not in line probably with the values you hold the other person holds and that we i everyone else in this group holds and so like let's have a think about how we can structure things better to be more in alignment with those values yeah does that make sense yeah, definitely. That's really helpful. That makes me think of a conflict process or some kind of document I saw of, of a different group. Um, and one of it had like a series of questions. And part of it was about like, what's going on between the people. And then there was like further down the list was like, and how did the group contribute to this situation? And I feel like that's mm. the zooming out. That's like, it's a bit of a shift in perspective, right? It's like, oh, okay, like, it's not really it's not just about them it's about how we've constructed this situation i think that's like quite a it's a bit of a mm. quite a shift yeah i've like i've heard people talk before as like 
it's like it being for some people like a question of responsibility and where the responsibility lies like whose responsibility is the disagreement is the conflict is it the responsibility of the people within the conflict is it the responsibility of the incorrect scare quotes person in the conflict or is it the responsibility of the whole group because they are they are they are mm. nodes within a network of a group and they're in conflict so the group is in conflict and that is like a that is a group responsibility to be able to work on i guess is like one way of one way that people bring those thoughts in that all makes a lot of sense um so so far you've talked about the strategy of these different frameworks you've talked about the purpose of these different frameworks there's also like the frame mm. like what 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 aspect of conflict do they look at could you say something a bit about that maybe i can definitely give it a go <laughs> so i think like i think restorative justice has kind of like the simplest frame i guess is like often the frame that's used in restorative justice approaches to conflict like restorative approaches to conflict is conflict resolution you'll get words around like we're trying to resolve the conflict we're trying to solve it we're trying to um like repair things it's a lot about like it really it goes into that like getting it back to how it was before like removing the harm that has been introduced by this conflict type stuff so like yeah there's a real like conflict resolution-y thing in there and it's in reaction to that that you'll see the buzzwordy stuff around like conflict transformation rather than conflict resolution all this kind of stuff even though like mm -hmm. that phrase like that doesn't really mean anything the, the phrase doesn't mean stuff when you just swap one of the words out but like i guess it's trying to allude to a broader thing um i feel like in like in like um like carceral punitive retributive justice um i guess there's a few frames that are employed like there's a really strong rule breaking one which we talked about in the last one of like um and i think we're, we will continue to talk about in this session of like we had an agreed set of rules and you broke them so mm. regardless from what is regardless of what is a good idea <laughs> and like what is in line with the values and things like that there's mm. a rule that has been broken and therefore there needs to be like a punishment because a rule has been broken mm. so like there's a real like rule breaking type frame thing and i feel like there's also one about like basically um there's i don't have a good word for it it's, it's probably smarter academic stuff out there but i feel like there's a real thing around like security and safety in that in that frame that's used around like when there is a threat and when there is a danger that comes from people disagreeing with each other that should be moved out of sight and out of mind it's the like we shouldn't have an argument in a meeting not because we think it's not productive not because we think it's not helpful for the people but because the meetings aren't the places where we do those things we do those things outside of meetings for for reasons like we we present a more positive front mm -hmm. in this space type stuff i think is where that can come up in groups and is often what leads to that thing of like it quite easily shifts into this person is a disruptive person this pro this person is a dangerous person and so we need to move them out of the space mm -hmm. we need to we need to make sure they're not part of the group anymore and things like that and that's not to say that like like i am a person that thinks like at some point like breaking links with people within groups like is a strategy that you will have to deploy in some situations like i'm not an absolutist about it but like i think it's also true that like that's often deployed a lot more <laughs> as a as a solution in in some groups that i've seen than like maybe i think is was necessary or whatever and we can talk about the details of that i guess another time um and then the last one on that list like transformative justice i guess has uh, there's like I think of it as like having like a systemic frame of like 
the it, like the frame that it brings us thinking about systems rather than just people and it's like people are part of these systems they're part of these groups they're part of these networks and we should analyze them as if mm -hmm. they're part of these groups and part of these systems and part of these networks and i think it's a frame that lends itself a lot better to thinking about like um like it you can obviously talk about like restorative approaches to conflict which can acknowledge societal and structural racism and things like that but like it, in some in some approaches and some ways of framing it like it does feel a little bit like an addition rather than kind of embedded in the like there are these structures that affect how we interact with each other and so let's think about how these structures in mm -hmm. affect how we interact with each other and what we can do about it what's in our control what's not etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah that i find that really helpful to think about and i guess like it, it touches back into something you were just saying about like sometimes you will need to break links with people within groups um and like the idea of seeing the system because I think there's something that I maybe have fallen into a bit with thinking about transformative justice is like it's so on the systemic level that like, well, you can explain away any behaviour that is harmful because of what's happened to someone or the society that we're raised in or whatever it might be. Um, but like, I, I just love it if you could say a bit more around like how transformative justice like does deal with like day to day harm or harm that happens in groups um that, that is still acknowledging the system but doesn't like uh avoid or ignore the individual responsibility within that yeah and i think it's like big question right <laughs> and i guess like and part of that is because i think um often what people are looking for with questions like that is they're looking for like an uh one size fits all answer of like what is the way that we can like do that agnostic from the group or whatever and the reason that it's difficult and this is a thing that will come up a lot in transformative justice type chats aside from thinking specifically about conflict is like there's we're not talking about like trying to come up with one solution like it comes up a lot in terms of like well what what like what if you don't want police then what do you want like what are you going to replace the police with and it's like partly the flaw there is assuming that replacing the police is our intention but like i think it's that there is often a, a a way of thinking that's like we need uh there is like a one generic approach to this that can be that can be applied to different situations and i think often the the problem with that is like a lot of those solutions rely on like relationships within groups if we're talking with like conflict within groups specifically like knowing what the way that you can raise something with a with a person that can both highlight to them that like you like you think they're acting in a way that they will think is inconsistent with their values when they've thought about it later but that's maybe not what they're thinking about now like they're too in the moment there's all the heat etc so been like i don't think you're acting in the way that you want to act now and that's often what a lot of a lot of these things boil down to like is i don't think you want to do this <laughs> rather than like i don't think you should do this and i think that that's so individual right like that's not a thing like how i would say that to um ali would be maybe how i'd say it to you would be different from how someone would say it to me because like we all interact with these things and these ideas so differently and i think what it really requires especially within the context of groups is to make sure that there are those relationships and there are those things that you can build on because that's really what to be able to do things like this you need to have that basis to be able to interact with people and to be able to know people and be able to like have thoughts of like how you can raise things sensitively in a way that will like enable them to be able to hear it 
and all that kind of stuff. Like some people, you'll maybe mention something in a meeting if you think they've said something kind of shady. Some people, you would never raise it in a meeting and you'd always talk to them about it later because you just know because of the kind of person they are, they will just immediately shut down mm. if you raise it in a meeting. Whereas if you talk to them about it later, you'll be able to like have more of a chat about it or whatever. Like, and it's so individual, right? So I guess refusing to give a solid concrete answer of the way that you can do that and more providing like some things to think about but i guess then we can talk about it this will come up in the future practical toolbox episodes like so i think it's a question that we should maybe come back to in all of our future things does that a persuasive evasion very very nice very nicely done. done yeah great thanks for the talent i think it's good <laughs> <laughs> oh wow i should i should um, be a politician <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> um okay, I think we've been talking around these different frameworks and frame strategy purpose and if you're just listening to this it could be a little bit confusing. So just want to point out that we are going to provide a specific resource for this episode which will include a table and maybe it'll be a nice Instagram <laughs> graphic or something, who knows? Um, haven't got there yet, but it might be something that you want to refer to while thinking these things through because like translating and mapping these things across could be a bit confusing. So just to like encourage people to like step back and have a look at things at the same time as uh, listening along. If that's something you're able to do, that could be quite helpful. Mm. And I guess to say the like, the real like condensed version of the point of that entire chat i think is to be like people choose the tactics um that they choose in terms of like working with conflict whether the aim is moving through it resolving it whatever it is like they choose those tactics often in service of a broader aim and because they think that those tactics support the values of the group or themselves or the space or whatever and i think so what this this kind of framing as transformative restorative punitive justice and these different kind of like purposes of like um punishment and cohesion and undoing structural power and these frames of like rule breaking versus conflict resolution are the things that come up when people choose tactics they'll choose tactics because they want to punish rule breaking they'll choose a tactic because they think that like resolving the conflict is the aim and things like that and so this hopefully is providing a bit of a language that will then allow people when they're thinking of what tactics are a good idea which is where the conversation is going to go after now and in the future episodes you've got a bit of a way of analyzing that tactic selection and been like is this a good tactic and what 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 does a good tactic look like like how, what is what does being good mean what is it in service of what we're we trying to achieve is this effective for what to do what great yep um so just to add something for myself like when we've been doing some of the planning around this and talking we've had to quite wide ranging wide ranging chats around like these frameworks of justice and where I was kind of at before this episode was that lots of people talk about transformative justice. What groups actually do is tends to be in the restorative justice because of time or whatever, or because of some of this, like the wider like literature and ideas around transformative justice is like transforming the system, big system. And that's just like way outside what most groups tend to focus on or have the capacity to alongside 
like handling conflict in their groups or like their like aims or whatever but i think what i'm taking from this is like systems can systems are fractal they uh have different sizes so like the group system is still a system which can be transformed mm -hmm. and it doesn't have doesn't necessarily have to be like society system level and i still think lots of groups who probably use transformative justice or like have the values that we're kind of talking about and um other groups that we work with and stuff and the way that i approach it is like a blur between the two i don't think the the distinction between restorative and transformative is like super clear all the time so i think going forwards we're probably embedding in a bunch of assumptions from both of those areas and less of the less of the punitive stuff um so yeah if that is broadly the case like maybe we want to just say a bunch of assumptions that we think we will be working with going forward because this is the end of rambly frames of chat of around conflict and we'll be going into tools 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 so yeah i guess like just to start with then like some of our assumptions that we're carrying forward around conflict is that doing conflict in this restorative or transformative or mixed way can deepen relationships that we can hear each other understand where we're coming from and think about why we've done what we've done and what we need to maybe do differently as individuals in relationship but also what needs to change in the wider system of our group and i guess that is that kind of approach or that kind of thought is alluding to the fact that conflict and engaging with conflict is a way through to get to repair on the other side and that might be um resolution led like repairing the relationships to how things were before or they might be deeper repairs around looking at what kind of things led to that situation arising in the first place yeah and i think i guess there's an assumption i, I guess it links to what you're saying there is like conflict and like working on with conflict in groups can be uh it's often like conflict is can be one of the most visible instances of like structural power in a space and so like working with conflict can be a solid avenue within a group to be able to think about how those structural powers impact the spaces and impact your group and that will give you an opportunity to be able to to do something about it and like we talked about before like maybe it's not your favorite way to deal with structural racism or whatever but like it's a way that you've got and so like use it if it comes up cool does that cover all of them yeah i think so i just want to also say a massive thanks to sammy for leading this episode a lot like and your knowledge on this has really enriched this conversation because we were a lot asking questions so thank you for holding holding the floor it's okay this is good it's been a while since doing the whole like kind of transformative justice 101 trainings because of pandemic so this has been good practice for me to get back in the headspace <laughs> appreciate it great nice one thanks for listening to this episode of the resist and renew podcast if you want to find out more about resist and renew as a facilitation and training collective check out our website resistrenew.com and we're also on all the socials 
and if you want to support the production of this podcast you can do so on patreon it's patreon.com forward slash resist renew thanks as ever to klaus for letting us use this song nef for our backing music that's it for this week catch you next time